This is a scary prayer. This is a scary prayer because let me tell you, let's buckle up. We're going to pray, hey, God, what would you have me give? Hey, God, I, wanna, I want you to invite you in this part of my life. Maybe I'm a little bit insecure about it. Maybe the debt scares me. I don't know about you, but um, I was a college student once. I, whoopsies, opened up a credit card once. And you have to deal with the consequences of your actions um, in that. Like my mom's like, yeah, you do. Um, <laughs> and so I, I just think that we should go into today and say with open hearts and open minds, God, I'm not afraid of talking to you about this. And um, we're not afraid to address the things that matter to Jesus. So let's go in, open up your Bible, Bible app, or you're probably going to read it on the screen, uh, lower thirds. You guys are, you know, I'm just hoping that you're opening your Bible at home. I'm just saying, there's options. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, we are going to park right here in the beginning of this chapter um, and... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read it to you. But before I do, I'm going to give you a little backstory. We love context to everything. Context clues, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, Kelly's like, yes, details. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the Apostle Paul, he's writing his second letter to the Corinthians. And um, he he's talking to them and he's like, hey, you guys are amazing. You excel in everything that you do. Um, but I'm just, I just want to tell you about the, the churches in Macedonia. And I want to tell you about these churches because they have welled up in generosity. And, um, and I love what he says here. It says, in the midst of severe trial, in poverty and in joy, severe trial. We can just go ahead and say, in the midst of 2020, <laughs> they welled up in generosity. And then Paul's just teaching them, like, I want you, you're doing so good but I wanna take you to the next level. I wanna invite you into a space where God wants to use you so much more. So let's go ahead um, and read this. And I also kinda of think Paul has an attitude, so I'm just gonna read it how I think Paul says it. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches, the grace. That's a big point here. God has given them a grace to understand first himself, then generosity in the midst of 2020, very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in generosity. This is like just, we can stop there, uh, but we're going to keep going. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. For they urgently pleaded with us, this is Paul saying, the Macedonians pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service of the Lord's people. These Macedonians, man. And, uh, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, this is the important part, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord. And then by the will of God also to us, aka the ministry that was happening in the local church. And then we skip down to verse 7. It says, but as you abounded everything, now he's, now he's saying, this is what the Macedonians are doing now, Corinthians, this is what I want to say to you. But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. I speak not by, my, not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. This is crazy. I, I remember reading this and being like, these Macedonians... 
Like, it's kind of like if you have a golden uh, child or a golden child in your family and it's not you. And <laughs> your parents like, look at what your brother did, you know? And you're like, okay, I get it. Like, whatever. Uh, or if you, like, if you've been married, if you're married or you have a, a boyfriend or girlfriend, it's like the first time you're delivering a gift. Um, Roman and I, our first year of marriage, Valentine's Day, like, he, you know, God bless him. And so... <laughs> Like, I felt like, I, I was like, oh, I kind of feel like I was like, Paul, I was like, you're so good at everything. Like, just got to work on this part, you know? And so I opened up the Valentine's Day gift and it's like, it's like a decorative pillow. And, and I should just like, I feel like I need a caveat. Like, he, my husband's so amazing, he's so creative, he's so cool, he's so wonderful. It's just that this was the first year of marriage. This was before I just sent him links of things to buy, you know? Like, we both got smarter, okay. So there's a decorative pillow, there's like a, there's like a lip gloss. It was kind of like he just panicked at Nordstrom and was like, that, 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 in the bag, you know? It was like a pair of boyfriend jeans that were too big, and I was like, you think these fit me? These are so big, you know? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and, um... And I was like, fam, like flowers, chocolate, boom, crushed it. Like you're overcomplicating it. But I think that's what Paul was saying to the Corinthians. He was like, listen, you guys excel in everything. You are amazing Christians. You're an amazing church. I just, I just want you to think about, I want to level up your thinking. Here's how God can use you in an, ex an, an ex excellent way more, even more. And um, I think when we think about our relationship with God, we can kind of chalk up like, okay, if I were to put a to-do list together of my relationship with God, um, not that it's a task, I'm just saying if you're a task list maker, okay, you'd be like, okay, I said yes to Jesus, I read my Bible, um, I pray about everything, you know, um, I worship, I love God. And um, I, I, you know, maybe as Zoe, you're like, I serve on the ZST, I go to a watch party, I'm in a connect group, I attend every ZST rally on the Zoom. Um, <laughs> but then there's like this, this little caveat that's like, um, what about the part that says, um, give up, surrender, pray the scary prayers. Like we just sometimes, sometimes I think we're like, we are crushing it. Uh, me and Jesus, I'm on a Jesus high. We are skipping through the fields and Jesus, I love you. And I'm hashtag blessed. Um, and then a pandemic hits. And then your financial reality changes. Or you feel like God's trying to talk to you about the thing that maybe you feel ashamed of. Like, I've been faking that I'm good with my money, but actually I need, I need help. I need, I, 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 we desire the abundant life from God. We desire that Ephesians 3.20 life, um, but we forget the caveat. And we stop praying scary prayers, but here's what God's word says. This is the life that he wants us to have. John 10.10 one of our favorite verses, one of my favorite verses says, the thief not, come, does not come except to steal and kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Yeah. That is the abundant life with God. This next verse, another one of my favorite, favorites, Ephesians 3.20. It's like, it's kind of like the, I can't believe that just happened life. When I read, when I think of Ephesians 3.20, it's like things that happen. And you're like, I cannot believe that just happened. That, that was God. Look at God. That's what it says. Now to him who is able, yeah, able to exceedingly, abundantly, above yeah. all that we ask or think or imagine, according to the power that works in us. Wow. 
So we want the John 10, 10. We want the abundant life. We want the like, look at God life. We want that. But here, here's just like a little caveat for us to live in the abundance of God. There has to be an abundance of surrender. Surrendering to God the things that are so close to our hearts. And I'm passionate about this because I've, I've walked through and I continue to journey through. If you, if you said yes to Jesus, we're all in the same boat, constantly surrendering what we would want for what God would want. And we stop, for whatever reason, at the finance part. We stop at the money part because it's vulnerable, because it feels uncertain, and it is actually a physical thing that you can tangibly hold and control. You can't control, like, who you're going to meet your spouse. Like, you can't physically, tangibly, like, hold your spouse on a piece of paper. Like, money. Like, you can hold money, and you can feel it leaving your hands. And I can, I, I, can, um, I, I can understand the feeling of being like, where is that going? <laughs> Come back. <laughs> that shift was really hard. <laughs> I said shift um, to clarify. <laughs> But I love this. I love that we're talking about, let's pray about everything. We're a church. So we're going to be committed to God, to people, to Los Angeles, to the globe. And we're going to be committed to prayer. So how do we do this? Okay, we're going to pray. That's great. God, use me. And then what happens? How do we shift from praying and surrendering in prayer to actually walking it out and surrendering. So I'm just going to break down really quickly. I had four thoughts today um, from what Paul's teaching the, the Corinthians. Honestly, what I feel like Paul taught me, um, and, and it's coming from God. It's breathed by the Spirit of God. And um, so if you're taking notes today, I, I'm going to give you a point, and then I'm going to give you an action item because your girl loves action items. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you guys just cheered so loud. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Uh, point number one, it starts with the heart. It starts with the heart. Uh, there is nothing worse than a half-hearted reply. I know. <laughs> Whoever just said that really agreed with me. Um, I'll just, I'm just going to say this. I just, um, the word sure is a personal trigger for me. Um, <laughs> it's kind of, okay. If someone replies to me with the word sure. I'm like, sure what? Sure, yes, I'm so excited to do this. I can't wait. I'm jumping up and down. Like, I'm so, like, I want passion in your reply. I don't want sure. Sure is like, I'm afraid to say no. Um, and it's not like for sure. Like, for sure is like, for sure. Like, I got your back. Like, I feel safe with a for sure. But if you just hit me with like a pause, sure. I'm doing like the side emoji. My eyes are really big. I'm like that. I just like, I just, I don't like that. It doesn't make me feel like, it doesn't make me feel like you willingly want to do what I'm asking you to do. And, um, you know, I'm not asking for the moon here. I'm just, I'm just saying I asked for something like the other day I asked Roman to make me a smoothie and there was a long pause. <laughs> it was long. And then he hit me with a sure. 
And I was like, okay, you know what? I make my own smoothie. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but sometimes we approach, like we kind of tiptoe around. God, I want, I want to do big things for you. I want this abundant life, like over and above all that I can ask and imagine. And God's like, okay, well, let's talk about your finances. And you're like, Sh sure. <laughs> I, I would love nothing more than to walk away now and act like I didn't hear that. Um, but but this is the best, my favorite thing about God is that he modeled giving for us. We are not making up, how on earth should we do this? John 3, 16, it's, it is the verse of all verses and it is, the, it is the generosity of God that overwhelms us and actually changes our whole life. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He gave his son. He gave something that mattered to him. I can't imagine Jesus before going on the cross being like, sure. Mm, okay. Like there, there's something at stake when you give and when you partner. and But it has to start in your heart. So we learn how to give from God. He teaches us by giving us his one and only son. I'm a beneficiary of the generosity of God. We all are beneficiaries of the generosity of God. And then we learn from the Macedonians. So God teaches us. And then Paul's like, okay, let me just break it down for you. in, in like what's really happening right in front of us. They're actually doing it. It says the Macedonians, even in the midst of severe trial, they welled up in generosity. Like if you can imagine like a pot being full of water and the water wells up over it and it just spills and spills and spills and spills. That's what I imagine when I think they welled up in generosity. And not just that, it wasn't a person from the Macedonian churches. It was the churches of Macedonia. So that means they were united. That means they had a really great revelation of the generosity of God. And they first went to him. They first were devoted to God. So in the midst of what's going on, they're all looking at each other and they're like, okay, this giving, this generosity, it doesn't make me love God more and it doesn't make God love me more. It's actually just a response out of, I know how good God is. I know how much God loves me. This is the least I can do with this part of my life. And God, I already know you're going to do the rest. I can imagine in the midst of severe trial, poverty, they had joy in giving. They had joy in giving because I think that they really understood God, whatever I have is already yours. And I know this because I'm not manipulating you with my money. Like giving is not manipulating God and saying like, I just want to get in a little bit. Like the Macedonians weren't like, we need to get in with Paul and we need to get in with God. And so everybody put your money in the basket. No, they were saying, God, we are so devoted to you and to your church and to your love. God, you can have everything that I have because it's yours anyways. So maybe you're like, 
Erica, you're tripping. This is my first time at church. I'm going to give you some things to pray. So maybe you're, maybe you're on a journey. Maybe you're like, yeah, I just, I've been thinking about tithing. I'm thinking about giving. Like, I don't, you know, I, I actually do want to invite God in, in my finances. And I do, I, I've been thinking about, maybe you've been thinking about this. Let's start praying. And then let's start moving. So let's just pray this. Write this down. Pray this. God, everything I have is yours. Let's just start at surrender. Basics. We're going to start at the basic. And maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you're like, okay, I, I just need to start praying my surrender until it becomes who I am. And then it becomes what I do. Because what, what we give doesn't determine how good of a person we are. It's a reflection of the sincerity of our love for God. So all we are going to pray is, God, everything I have is yours. Because then once it's God's, the pressure is off of you. We carry all of this pressure about our money and our finances. And we never think to ask the creator of the universe, what would you have me give and do with all of this money that you gave me? And by the way, your, po- the, your mindset determines whether you are in poverty or whether you are in abundance. It's a mindset, not a dollar amount. I don't know um, if you grew up like this, but, uh, you know, I grew up with... A, uh, with uncles and aunts, you know, and they had this thing, holy handshake. I don't know if you know what that is. Uh, if you're Mexican, you probably do. Uh, <laughs> and um, everyone's like, no, we don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> you know, if it's like you see hi, you say hi to your uncle and you're like, for whatever reason, I only see you around the holidays and you're like kind of sketchy and like always have cash. And every time you give me a handshake, like I end up with the $100 bill. Um, I'm not mad about it. I'm just kind of like wondering, you know, like what, what was that? Um, it's got a little holy handshake. Maybe like someone's Venmo'd you and been like, you're just like, you're on my mind. I'm just going to send you a hundred bucks. Um, that's also a holy, Ven- we can't handshake anymore. Okay, this, okay, holy Venmo, holy like elbow, you know, everyone's like tracking now. Um, and it's just like these like, who sent you to Venmo me that? Like, did somebody tell you that um, I need that? I love what God does. He uses other people who have already opened up their whole life to him. And then out of his kindness and his compassion, he comes around to you. I love this. When the pandemic started, um, about maybe about a month in, uh, like everybody, uh, Roman and I's financial reality changed. Our budget changed. Um, all of it changed. And we were having to shift and sacrifice in different ways. And we were having to say, like, okay, um, we're going we're gonna to be fine. I'm not panicking about God taking care of us. We're just going to shift and continue to be responsible with what, what God's given us. And um, wouldn't you know, in the same week, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I cannot make this up. I'll show you the text messages. <laughs> same exact week, I think maybe two days apart, we had two different couples Venmo us a very generous amount of money. The same exact amount of money they both Venmoed us within two days of each other. They don't know each other. And we were like, I was so confused. And I was like, what did they say when they Venmoed you, Roman? Like, what? And so the Venmo comes in and I see it and I was like, that's a mistake. And then we get a text that says, hey, I don't know what it is, but I can't get, God just put you guys on my heart. I can't get you out of my mind. I just felt like this was for you. 
Two days later, another person who doesn't know this person, doesn't even live in Los Angeles, sends us the same amount, a very generous amount of money, and says the same thing. I don't know what it is. I can't get you guys out of my head. I feel like I'm supposed to give this to you. Number two, write this down. We are in partnership with God. Those individuals were not like, I have so much money, I'm just gonna throw it at you out of my own generosity. You know what they said? I can't get you out of my head. God puts you on my heart. I have to give this to you. In other words, I am in partnership with God. I said, God, you can do whatever you want with this. So that means, God, I was, I was over here on heaven's radar. They were over here in partnership with God. And boom, doubled down on generosity. Double the amount of what we needed. God partnered with those people who said, yeah, I'm down. I'll partner with you. It's not always for us. Who knows what is on the other side of our obedience and our generosity? And it's it, generosity is not this thing that we get to wave around like proud Christians and say, like, look at my generosity. It is a service. The Macedonians were eagerly asking if they could participate in the service of the Lord's people. It's a grace. It's a gift. It's a thing that God designed inside of us. So when we're talking about partnership, we're talking about unity. There's unity in the partnership of giving. The Bible says there's a commanded blessing on unity. And I can't shake it. The Macedonians, they, it would be impossible for them to well up in sincere generosity without unity. If you've ever spent time walking away from God, or maybe in this pandemic, you're like, God, I feel, I just feel like far from you. And I just, I feel crunchy. And I just, I don't even really know where to go from here. The disunity makes you feel a lot of distance. But unity and partnership brings you so close to God and it builds up this trust in you that you're like, yeah, I'll give a, I'll give money to that person. Yeah, I'll Venmo this, I'll buy this person lunch. And by the way, generosity doesn't have a dollar amount. It's a heart, it starts in the heart and then you move into action and you partner with God. If, if this week, I just wanna challenge you, if this week you get a person in your head, don't push it out. Buy the coffee, buy the lunch, watch their kids for free. You know what I'm saying? The moms are like, yes, amen. Generosity takes different forms. But the money is still important. Generosity takes different forms, and it has to do with your heart and listening to what God wants to say. And I, I, I think that Paul was just urging the Corinthians to live this lifestyle because he understood the magnitude of the partnership with God. And when I first got saved, I would tithe and... Um, uh, you know, half of me would tithe out of straight up fear of like being cursed by God, which by the way, you will not be cursed if you don't tithe. I just didn't have an understanding. I always grew up with a fear of money. I was afraid of, I didn't, I didn't grow up 
with a lot of money. So I just kind of grew up with this avoidance of like, we are not going to talk about this. But my mom always, for whatever reason, told me to tithe. I don't know why. And um, so I got saved. Half of me would tithe out of fear. And half of me um, would tithe hoping that God would quadruple that money and then I would be a millionaire. And then I, I like, no glory to God, like all glory to me because I tithe. <laughs> and um, I kind of had to go on a journey with God yeah. about tithing and about giving and about what space he could have in my heart about my finances. And, um, uh, you know, I, like I said, like I, I didn't... Um, I, I paid for a lot of my own way as a young adult. And uh, I struggled with God, talking to God, like, well, pff, God, wh what's this all about? And, and I look back now at 19-year-old Erica thinking, like, God, God was just teaching me so much about letting go of the lack and focusing on the abundance that I had in a partnership with God. The minute I laid down and said, God, okay. You can have it all, and I will partner with you, and I'm not afraid of being cursed. I'm just giving this because I'm, you, we don't have to give to God. We get to give to God. And I, once I understood that, God ripped off of me a, a poverty mindset, a spirit of greed, a spirit of not enough. He pulled all of that out of me, and I didn't have to live in the mental trap. A lot of people are mentally trapped. I don't have enough. What am I going to do? I'm so stressed out. Da, 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 da. You haven't talked to God. You haven't partnered with the one who can pull you out of your spirit of poverty. He can pull you out of a spirit of greed, which, by the way, money makes you crazy. All of a sudden, you see yourself. You don't even recognize yourself. So number three, write this down. I want you to go back and remember. Go back and remember, and uh, the prayer for number two, if you are taking notes and checking it off, uh, it was just, God, what would you have me give? In a part, God, what, what do you want? We're on the heels of Heart for the House, my favorite Sunday, by the way. God, what would you have me give? Number three, go back and remember, when you lose something, the first thing you try to do is remember where you left it. If you get all caught up in, I don't have enough, and what's going on, and what's the church going to do with my money? I God, I don't have enough, and this is your fault, and all these things. And it's like, do you remember where God picked you up out of? Do you remember what sin tasted like before the freedom of God washed over you? You have to go back and remember these things. You didn't get here on your own. I didn't get here on my own. God picked me up. I didn't trust anyone. I felt alone. I was ashamed. God picked me up. I love this. Pastor Robert Morris, he also does a, he is phenomenal pastor. And um, he says this, he said, we are born selfish. We are born again, generous. Wow. We are born selfish, but we are born again, generous. In the same way that we willingly extend grace to people and forgiveness to people, and we are, we are like, God, I'm just going to model what you do, we also get to do that with generosity. We are, we're born again. So maybe you didn't come from a family who taught you how to use money. Maybe, you, maybe you've never budgeted before. You are born again generous. You are born again with the heart of God. You are born again with the wisdom that says, you know what? I don't have to subject myself to what my gener the generations before me did. You actually get to break off strongholds and start a legacy for your family and your kids and the next generation. The next generation needs us to figure it out. 
We need us to figure it out. We need to be the church to go back and remember. Can we be the church that remembers? God, we remember what you did, and we remember that we are yours. Everything that we have is yours. I lo- this is what Paul says at the end of what he's saying to the Corinthians. He says, here's what I think. I think the best thing you could do right now is to finish what you started last year and not let those good intentions grow stale. Your heart's been in the right place all along. You've got what it takes to finish it up, so go do it. What has 2020 forced you to forget? Because I think there are still good things, good seeds in our heart that God wants to flourish in us. And I'm going to invite the band up. But I want, I want us to think about that. A life surrendered to God looks like this. The more I lay down, the more he opens up. So I'm going to go back and remember. But I'm not going to stay the girl that said yes to Jesus. I would hope that I don't. I would hope that I look back and as I remember, I'm like, dang, I don't even recognize her. So as we're going back and we're remembering, it's important to also remember who am I now? 2020, we hear this all the time. It shook us up. It woke us up. But it didn't change who God is. It didn't change the mandate on our lives. And it didn't change the generosity that is going to well up out of our church. It's going to well up out of us. Why? Because we love God. Why? Because we have a passion for his church. Why? So that people can say yes to him and have freedom in him. And we can defy the odds of culture. Culture is not the enemy, by the way. It's just that if it starts making you into who you're not going to be, you have to remember you influence culture. Culture doesn't influence you. In a time where there is microwave influence, here today, gone tomorrow, let us be the people that we dug deep inside of our convictions and we said, God, you can have all of it. You can have all of it. The prayer to pray for this is, God, help me remember. Prayer is our answer, but movement is our mandate. You gotta get up and go. You gotta act on what God is asking for you to do. And and don't overcomplicate it. Maybe for you today, God's like, hey, I just I just want you to wake up. I just want you to think about, think about it. Go back to prayer. Number one in my last point today, and then I'm done. <laughs> From your heart to your hands from your heart to your hands. The fastest way to cure generosity or to cure greed is with generosity. The fastest way to cure greed is with generosity. And you do not get sincere generosity without understanding the heart of God, the heart of the Father who gave his son for us. What we're not saying is this, 
please parade your money and give everything you have and be the starving baker. No, we're saying go on a journey with God to understand His heart for you, His heart for humanity, and His heart for your abundant life. The Bible says, well, I opened up the windows of heaven that you could have more than you could even imagine. That is not a fairy tale. That is real. God wants to open up the windows of heaven in your life from your heart to your hands. This is the last scripture because I, I love it. It says, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. And the message says, once the commitment is clear, you do what you can, not what you can't. The heart regulates the hands. God cares about our relationship with money and finances because it, it changes us. If you've been in a season where you're like holding on so tight to your lack, you lose the light in your face, you lose that step, you lose that wind at your back. And I think God's just saying like, can I talk to you about it? I love you. Your giving doesn't dictate how much I love you. But can I talk to you about this part? That's my prayer today, is that we would allow God to talk to us as we talk to Him, as we pray to God, when we open up our ears and say, yeah, everything I have is yours. God, you can talk to me. You can talk to me. We will not be the church that backs down in the middle of a severe trial. We will not be the church that backs down to a spirit of poverty. We will not be the church that backs down to a spirit of greed. We will be a church that reflects Jesus. We will be a church that reflects generosity.